Hey kids, Mandy here, and I wanted to personally invite you to join me for Cincinnati Song Initiative's first ever Fellowship of the Song, happening May 20th through 25th. In addition to a week full of amazing concerts, song workshops, and classes, I'll be leading some seriously fun study events on heartwarming topics such as murder ballads and exploring death through music and poetry. Should be a great time! (laughs) You can participate as an auditor, whether you come to Cincinnati in person or join remotely from your comfiest couch. And the best part is that all the week's events will be recorded for unlimited viewing through June 26th. So, what are you waiting for? Head to cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash audit to learn more about this groundbreaking new program for song. And I hope to see you in person or online. Follow the Leader with me, your host, Mandy Madrid Sikich. If you are a fan of the podcast, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Sounder, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual podcasty places. And remember, if you like what we are doing on the podcast, then tell your friends. And if you don't, then tell your enemies, because as I like to say, any publicity is good publicity. Today heralds the return of one of the co-host greats. Ladies and gentlemen and all non-binary individuals, please welcome the illustrious Deborah Wood back to follow the leader. I'm like the OG crew. (laughs) (laughs) You are the OG crew. The idea for this podcast came together when we were sitting in a campsite in Sedona. That is true. Deborah, I am so happy you are here. Um, and I'm really happy that you're joining us to talk about song number eight, Rückblick from Schubert's Winterreise. I think this is so cool because you'll have a bit of a fresh perspective on things. And um, let me tell you, after so many episodes of our traveler dealing with his case of icy hot, <laughs> I got to say, a fresh take is welcome. What's going on with you? I mean... It's been a long time since we've had you on the podcast. Like, what's new? What's different? Well, I was still living in Santa Barbara, so I've moved, I think, seven times since (laughs) the last time I was on the podcast. That's not an exaggeration. I now am getting on brand, and I work for a German medical sales company. So I feel like a little bit more in alignment with... Oh, heck, that is on brand. (laughs) Yes. I was like, how appropriate. Great, great. That's awesome. Um, So, you know, it's funny because as I conceived of this whole podcast series and I had initially asked Brian to like help me co-host like some of the episodes, (laughs) he's been co-hosting like all of them. I thought, you know, I wonder if it's going to work to like fold in a new co-host. Like, But I think it's totally going to work out well. Like, like I said, you're going to have a fresh perspective on things. And you did listen to the last episode. So you, you kind of basically know where our guy is, right? You and Brian are like Regis and Kelly, but sometimes Regis or Kelly maybe got sick and they needed somebody else to like step in. So <laughs> here you are. <laughs> right. So um, thanks so much for like catching up on where we are. And I usually like to start each episode. We have a, a brief recap of where we left our guy. In our last song, Often Flusa, we left him and it was 
this basically this like neo-gothic horror type situation, right? Where he's tiptoeing around the ice and he decides to carve a tombstone for his relationship in the crusty layer of ice that conceals a raging torrent underneath, a torrent that he recognizes as his heart's own image. So that's where we left him. The dramatics. I'm like <laughs> over the top dramatic. Nothing nothing's done in moderation here. <laughs> I know, I'm just like, whoa, that's a lot. So, what happens next in our next song might surprise you, or not. I don't really know, but in any case, let's begin with a translation of the text. Rückblick. Look back. It burns me under both my souls, though I step on ice and snow. I do not want to draw breath again until I can no longer see the towers. I have struck myself on every stone, so hurriedly I went out from the city. The crows threw snowballs and hailstones on my hat from every house. How differently you received me, you town of inconsistency. At your shining windows sang the lark and nightingale in competition. The round linden trees were blooming, the clear streams rushed brightly, and ah, two maiden eyes glowed. Then it was that you were done for, friend. If that day comes into my thoughts, I would like but once more to look back. I would like to stumble back again before her house silently stand. So got some things to work through, right? <laughs> some emotions to process and some inception type layering of memories. So let's get to it. This song includes one of the longest introductions in the cycle. And unlike some others where you might not know exactly which direction we are headed, in this, we know exactly what's going on. It's frantic, it's breathless, it's not taking care or caution. You may remember, in our last song, Auf dem Flusse, we were presented with an alternation between the hands in its introduction. It sounded like the traveler was maybe tiptoeing around on the ice. Remember this? Well, here we again have another alternation between the hands, but in our song today, it's to a completely different effect, right? The alternation happens at a much faster pace here, as if it's the pounding of feet or perhaps the pulsing of a quickly beating heart, lending to the breathless quality and preparing us for the later imagery when he says that he's basically tripping on every rock on his way out of town. You can hear him going forward and then stalling or stopping, then trying another way, then stalling again, only to frantically find another path. So, that's just the introduction. To me, it felt 
even though the footsteps are maybe a little bit more frantic in this, there's definitely congruency between the two songs. Um, like I can see where one led to the other, um, or I can hear between, it. Between Between Flusa and Rückblick? Yes. Between the last one and this one? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know that the other one's a little bit more tiptoey, but they sound so in line with each other. Um, well, and song number seven, though, did have some outbursts, right? It was There was that raging torrent underneath, and, and I think that this is, uh, you're exactly right where this is kind of tapping into that kind of energy. My perception was that he was almost in two parallel timelines looking back on like when he first like met his love and the whole thing. And then now like the contrast of not having it anymore. I I actually did want to make this point before we really get in further into the text. I wanted to point out a timeline issue here because you did sort of mention a a timeline point. And for the listeners who listen and have been listening since song number five, um, you may have had a little prickle in the brain, right? When we read the text and we heard mention of his hat, because in song number five in Der Lindenbaum, there was a violent episode in which his hat blew from his head, but it was an important important point that he didn't turn around to get it. He did not go back to get his hat. Now, while he he could have stopped in at some backwoods haberdashery, I think it highly unlikely that our traveler was in the hat shopping type of mood, right? <laughs> so I think the way to understand him having a hat again is to see it like this. The song is titled look back as in a backwards look in time. So I think that basically this entire thing is a remembrance. Remember in song number five, he talked actually about being many hours distance past the linden tree already. So he's removed from town. And while memories are usually in a major key in Winterreise, I think because here, He's remembering the time when he was leaving town after his love was already lost to him. There is no rosy hue to the remembrance because things were already bleak, thus the minor key. But as we will see, once we get into the text, there's an even deeper layer of remembrance underneath. (laughs) Like the river. (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. So after the hectic nature of the introduction, the vocal line emerges from the depths as if trying to escape something. The consonants sound as if they are being tripped over in their hurry. Es brennt mir unter beiden Sohlen, seit ich auch schon auf Eis und Schnee. Ich möchte nicht wieder Atem holen, bis ich nicht mehr die Türme sehe. So he says that though he walks on ice and snow, his feet are burning. (laughs) Now, this icy Bernie paradox will not be surprising to longtime listeners, but it will be the last time in part one that we hear of it. (laughs) Huzzah! (laughs) No, actually, I enjoy the paradox, um, but I'm just kind of looking forward to like talking about other things. I don't know why specifically, but the timbre and the entrance of that with Tyler's voice it was really catching to me he sounds great always but there was just like a little clip at the very beginning that I was like whoa that sounded really profound well I think part of that has to do with the text there too I mean obviously yes Tyler's a lovely lovely singer um 
But part of the text here and the way that Schubert said it is really catching all these constant as brennt mir unter beiden soll. You know, it's just very gripping. And his feet are looking right like for any place to like put themselves so that he can get himself out of town. And again, this this icy hot paradox where he's walking on snow, yet the soles of his feet are burning also very, very gripping. So I think the text, the music, all of that working together, it, obviously it's, it's working to great effect because <laughs> I think what you were experiencing was exactly what, what Schubert meant for us to, to experience there. Uh, as the vocal line emerges, quickly follows the accompaniment in canon. that kind of cannon. Although that would be cool. <laughs> Just like wheel a cannon onto stage. <laughs> Venturiza. Uh, no, we, I mean the kind of cannon where there's like a, a replication or like an overlapping of melodic lines. So the piano here replicates the same upward sweep as the vocal line just down a sixth intervallically, which is a word I would like to work into more everyday conversation. <laughs> Can you please? As I was typing it out last night, oh my God, I was like typing furiously to get this all out. Uh, keys were like flying off my keyboard and I got to this word intervallically. <laughs> stop saying it over and over. It's a good word, intervallically. It has all like the good consonant sounds in it. <laughs> I approve. Okay, so we're going to hear that um, piano chasing the vocal line here. Es brennt mir unter beiden Sohlen, ich auch schon auf Eis und Schnee. Ich möchte nicht viele Raten holen, bis ich nicht mehr die Türme sehe. So this adds to the feeling that he is running away from something, right? Something that he perceives is chasing him. The voice sings and the piano is hot on his heels. Now, I think it's interesting that this is the first time we get this sense. In our very first song, he was noble. He was calmly leaving town. His footsteps were not hurried, but they were simply determined and resolute. He was almost somewhat detached from his emotions as he objectively stated the very first line of the cycle. He says, a stranger he arrived and a stranger he departs. But in this little chase scene, it seems that in his memory, perhaps, things have gotten a bit twisted. He seems to perhaps not be remembering it accurately. Or it might be that the thing that prompted him to leave town has gained a new, more menacing presence in his memory. And like, that's just so relatable, right? This always happens to me with social situations where I think about something embarrassing I did and then afterwards in my mind, it gets like worse and worse and worse. Well, okay, so interestingly enough, and we can both relate on this, um, introverts like really ruminate post-social interaction but so yes I think everyone has the embarrassing like repeat comment thing that they do like did I say hello like that did I say hello instead of hello like <laughs> totally I think any highly charged like emotional maybe it doesn't even have to be highly charged but something that's not fully understood in your being I think people ruminate about it and that always brings into question memory like are you remembering, you just said, like, are you remembering it accurately? Are you adding nuances that weren't there because it 
pinged some emotional turmoil within yourself. And so then you've created this whole different like timeline or storyline. There's the event that happened. And then there's the thing that you tell yourself about the event that happened. Totally. I think that's exactly what's going on here. And I actually like what um, Graham Johnson says. He says, it's a heightened recollection of his original exit which he remembers as being more humiliating than it actually was. I mean, we've been with this guy. (laughs) We've been with him for a long time. And when he talks about not even wanting to breathe, he doesn't want to take another breath until he can't even see the towers of the town. And I just don't remember anything like that along the way. He didn't give us any any hint that it it was truly that um I don't know that imperative that he leave town in such a hurry you know I think the most violent emotion we saw before was maybe some anger in Diveta Fana he's angry that his love wasn't faithful and we did experience some frantic panic at at potentially losing her memory in the fourth song in Erstarung but nothing quite like this to the point where it's so humiliating in fact that he thinks he remembers crows sitting on the roof of every house throwing snowballs and hailstones at him right Mm, crows don't throw these objects at people actually well crows do use tools and by the way just sidebar here (laughs) i'm so excited we get to talk about crows like momentarily i knew it i knew it like the second i heard crows i was just like oh we're gonna go in we're It's so true. I I even typed out multiple times, I'm so excited to talk about crows today. (laughs) But actually, I'll save the deep dive on crows for later. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to remind people that I actually gave you a crow. Like, I don't know why we talk about, I'm sure you talk about crows with everyone. I do not talk about crows with everyone. So there's a Oh, wait, you mean you're a normal, you're a normal person that doesn't actually bring up crows in everyday conversation? Yes, I would like that <laughs> distinction made. But I did go to an art show once and they had that crow painting yellow. Remember? Oh, do you mean that one right there? <laughs> that yes, sits, I do. Yes. It sits above my piano and it's in every single recording on YouTube. <laughs> I would like everyone to know that that was donated um, happily by me. <laughs> um, but then you also gave me the book grief is the thing with feathers which talks about crows and I I was just like I feel like crows are like mercury retrograde a little bit it's like it's just a thing but now everybody has made it like this really like toxic fear I'm like poor crows like they're probably just trying to be birds crows are super fucking awesome okay yeah. and we, <laughs> we're going to get into it more in song number 50 crows actually pop up throughout this entire cycle and there's lots of reasons for that um which we could talk a little bit about now, but I think I'm just going to save it for a later episode. I think the, the point here about them, them being on the roof and the way he perceives them throwing, throwing things at him, uh, it's to highlight the point that the traveler's state of mind is such that he's probably perceiving things that aren't exactly there, right? I'm sure there are crows around, but they're probably more likely just hanging out on the roof and they, happen to disturb some snow off but he takes it as a direct threat that's leveled at him and also (laughs) he is being a little over the top when he says uh that they're on every house really every house but don't we personify like things 
like I think humans personify things all the time. Like that object like jumped out at me or, you know, I was walking the other day and there was a plant and I ran into the plant. And yet I thought that plant came out of nowhere. Like, is it a Venus flytrap? Like, was it trying to get me? Like those were the thoughts going through my mind when really I just didn't stay on the sidewalk. So I think in the best of circumstances, we have a tendency to like put consciousness on objects. Oh, a hundred percent. And given his state of mind, it makes sense, right? That he's going to perceive these things as like attacking him. And, you know, the way he's, he's tripping on every rock. I mean, it's just, I don't think it's all as directly threatening to him as he perceives that it is. Uh, There's something interesting I want to briefly point out within this first section here. (laughs) This song. This one is so tricky. And one of the main reasons I find this to be the case is because it feels rhythmically off. So this pattern always feels like it's in 2-4 or maybe 4-4, but definitely not 3-4, which is the time signature it's, it's written in. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I have to admit that the first time I learned and performed it, I actually let myself count internally. I counted incorrectly, like I superimposed a different time signature on it. Like I, I actually wrote in the counts for 2-4 because I could not hold it together in three, four. And <laughs> I'm sure Schubert was probably like turning over in his grave, but whatevs. <laughs> I love, uh, there's a, the author, Susan Ewens, who I like to call the song goddess of the world. She calls them metrical cross currents, which is a much more elevated way of saying <laughs> this shit is crazy. <laughs> when you combine that with the fact that it overlaps, the piano overlaps the voice in canon, well, it's just, it's discombobulating. And also from a piano's perspective, it's, it's awkward to handle. The little outbursts in the piano between the vocal phrases are really tricky to grab. And little side note, those outbursts are another manifestation of offbeat accents that we've come to know. And while we haven't grown comfortable with the offbeat accents per se, I think we have grown accustomed to them. Here, listen to this. And we're happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, actually. But those those little outbursts in between, they do come off as kind of jabbing, right? Another another sort of provocation, I think. I was trying to not count two four 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 <laughs> while I was listening to it. I was like one two th- I was like, we're not waltzing right now. Like it's we're supposed to be waltzing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just it's a very the the best word I can come up with to describe it is just discombobulating. I always I always find it super challenging. Whenever it's time for song number eight, I'm always like, okay, here we go. <laughs> so 
With all of this physicality kind of besieging him from all sides, it's a welcome respite when, within this memory of his escape from town, he hearkens back even further in time to when he first arrived in town. He comments on how differently the town greeted him, which is very similar to what he said about the river in the last song. For this memory, within a memory, we do find ourselves in the parallel major. And he recalls that instead of crows, there were nightingales and larks singing, even competing with each other. Linden trees, those hallowed meeting places for lovers, are blooming and water is clearly, brightly flowing. You'll notice in the next excerpt that before where the piano and vocal parts were at odds with each other, you know, one sort of chasing the other, never quite matching up, here, now in this major, they wind about together in beautiful harmony. Wie anders hast du mich empfangen, du strahlst in Unbeständigkeit. An deinen blanken Fenstern sangen die Lärschungsnachtigall im Streit. Die runden Lindenbäume blühten, die kleinen Rinden rauschten hell. I don't know why this stuck out, but there was a point where there was a repeating note. It almost sounded like like a bell or something, ding, ding, ding. And then like the, yes, there was yes, an yes. accompaniment that would move around it, but there was just like that repeating um, note that really stuck out to me. Yeah, actually, um, I can't remember if it was Susan Ewins. Good listening, by the way. I can't remember if it was Susan Ewins or Graham Johnson said that, whereas before there was like the crows were sitting on the roof, now the right hand is playing those repeated like octaves, um, like they go back and forth, back and forth. Um, it's like that roof is warmly covering what's happening underneath. So in the past where it was like there was a roof for shelter, instead of the roof being perched on, you know, and then objects being thrown from it, the, the roof is like providing almost like comfort and shelter. And, and it just kind of aids in that feeling of being a little bit more safe and secure in this in this major memory good listening it it sounds a bit like an enchanted fairy tale land right and i'm i'm wondering again if maybe he's over romanticized so maybe he's not remember maybe it wasn't quite as good as all of that but you know in any case in this enchanted fairy tale land there is a princess it's his maiden, right, with her two glowing eyes. But when she appears in a fateful twist, she is in fact the villain because when he sees those eyes and he talks to himself in the third person here, he says, then you were done for, my friend. Those eyes were his undoing. And I think that this choice to address himself in the third person is interesting. Like perhaps the coping mechanism to deal with the pain? I don't really know. I feel like I normally talk to myself when I'm instructing or sometimes judging. Uh, like it yeah. sounds like he's putting kind of some, had you known better, you wouldn't have messed up our heart. Like Totally, totally. And actually that's something that he says in, in Die Wette, Fana. He should have known. Like he should have known if he looked at the signs because there's like a, a weather vane on the top of the roof and if he had looked at the signs he could have seen that there was not a faithful woman inside. And and yeah, I think this is the same, a, same, a 
similar sort of statement, right? Like, oh, you, you, now you done it. You did it. <laughs> and that sounds like this. You'll hear the piano kind of throw the done for phrase back at him. I'll play the vocal melody first and then the piano throwing it back at him in the following interlude. The final verse is interesting because of another blurring of the temporal lines. We have a stark change back to minor when he talks about, quote, that day. And I think he means the day he left town. But when he thinks further upon it, he comments that he does sometimes wish that he could stumble back before her house, almost wishing he could go back in time and change his future, change the destiny he set upon himself by choosing to leave. It's important, though, that just as it was with his hat, no matter how much he wishes it, he knows he must not turn back. And for this, we are led back to the major. The ending here is so interesting to me. He basically runs himself out. You know, he's been so worked up over this backwards look that you can hear him just absolutely deflate by the end. interesting to me I wasn't expecting the first I don't know like the sustained well um, I think he's making a point that that word means her house oh interesting okay yeah it was like are you gonna go up or are you gonna go he's like nope we're gonna stay right here for a while and I was like oh okay well and I think that that's exactly why because he he wants to stay there right? He's in his mind. He wants to go back and linger. He wants to hang around for a bit and not leave her house. And, you know, with this whole concluding section here, I think Schubert was honestly just, I know we know he's a genius, right? But this is just so brilliant. If I had written the ending to this song, I would have been tempted to end it just as hectic as the whole thing started out. But not so Schubert. This song for both the pianist and the vocalist is so physically and mentally demanding. I mean, honestly, 
in the entire cycle, this was the piece that Tyler and I were dreading the most to record. We just find it so challenging. And it, for me, requires such intense concentration to just hold it together. And I know for him, there's just so many words and it's not set in an easily singable way. So by the end, the exhaustion and, and the petering out, it's a, we're not acting. <laughs> You know, we are we are truly tired and both need like a little tiny nap. But lo, there are 16 more songs to go. <laughs> 16. <laughs> and I'm exhausted after this one. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's a really a marathon. But I, I think it's super effective, you know, in this particular moment. It's 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 super effective. There was a point where the piano like catches up to him. And I yeah. wanted to know your thought, like as, you know, the pianist, the accompanist, what that yeah, about. Yeah, you're right. So um, I, I think it's just this idea that it's all coming to, like in his mind, he has this moment of rest in front of her house. Like maybe physically, he's not actually experiencing a rest, but it's almost like his his subconscious in his mind within that memory he's taking a moment to just I don't know haven't you ever done that before where you like kind of dwell in a memory for a minute and you like you know it's over you know you can't go back but it's nice to just kind of marinate in it <laughs> for a sec I do that a lot I mean I think th there's a point at which it becomes toxic right because you don't want to get stuck but I think for him because he's on this journey and he wasn't able to rest under the linden tree. He's been experiencing all these emotions. He's just, he's, he's been continuously on, on the move. And when he was in, when he has been in place, he's never truly been resting. He's always been overcome with emotion. He's always been taken over by something provoking him, whether internal or external. So I think in his mind, it's this moment of, cooperation between the piano and, and the and the vocal part where he just gets to rest even though it's it's not real it's not real although I, I must say uh he does have a little bit of a rest two songs from now so <laughs> keep listening <laughs> um any thoughts before we take a full listen um well not about the music your arm looks very toned right now oh my god I okay so <laughs> Like, uh, where did that come from? I am, I don't know if you've seen as I've been sitting here with a microphone, I am actually shaking because I'm so, so sore from my workout yesterday. But uh, it would appear that my physique is really. <laughs> um, I'm not going to be on camera, am I? I'm not on video. No, no, no. We're not recording okay. video. I'm just. Re <laughs> Surprise. I'd be like, okay, well, we need to reschedule this for tomorrow because I need to go wash my face and, like, um, Well, until I heard that there was going to be 16 more songs um, to the song cycle, I felt actually like there was a little bit of a reprieve or a little bit of closure that was occurring, like, from the beginning of it to the end of it. Um, so it felt like, you know, working through emotions is cyclical, but it felt like this was kind of a 
a step forward, I guess. Like it was a rough moment and then progress. Do you know, it actually feels like that in the cycle too. Whenever I get past this song, it always feels like we've kind of moved into a new era. Um, we're just in a bit of a new a new place. Yeah, there's there's newness that comes. And I'm so excited for the next song because the next song is something truly brand new. Um, but we'll just have to wait to talk about that until next time around. So, uh, yeah, but good good sense on that. Good sense. <laughs> Your instincts are correct. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and, and take a listen to the whole thing. So here's the thing. It's a plagal cadence. It's four to one. So it's yeah. like the amen cadence, right? I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Which it has been commented that it, it kind of gives it a, a bit of a religious tint at the end. Almost like, yeah, he's putting an amen on it. First off, could that become a new catchphrase? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's just that that... that Cadence has that connotation because it was used so much in in religious music that it's it's hard to hear it and not think that. 
that's like I said. I mean, that's the the genius of Schubert to end it like that. Like that's just not that's not what I would have chosen to do. <laughs> not that I don't like it. it. You you finish and you are aware that you're in a much different spot than when you than where you started, right? Sometimes when I'm and this is just my personal experience, but like how I relate to it is sometimes you have a like I feel like you know we go forward in cycles and like our core kind of life lessons pop up in different forms, like as we're moving through our life. Right. But they're mm-hmm. like the same themes, I guess. Yeah. And in this one, it feels like the song did like this big cycle. And in the last like two measures, he somehow fit that whole giant circle into a mini like flash forward. And I put think that's students at the end. <laughs> I think that's exactly right, honestly, because remember, this is like, he's, it's a memory within a memory. So then I think that when we finished, we wound back up like in that present moment, even though we were ending in major, I think we're aware that there's kind of like that, that closing on that memory. What, what he wishes he could have done is in his wished for past memory. <laughs> Right. But now we we understand that we're we're going to be back to the present time, I think. I think it, it does. It kind of winds. It goes and we've wound all the way back up to, to where we are present day. That's definitely how I experienced that last those last two measures. I'm relieved this one is over. I'm glad we did it. Obviously, I couldn't just leave it out of the cycle. Although I did think about it at one point. I was like, what if we just don't do this? Well, I think it would be a tragedy, um, <laughs> to be honest with you, to uh, be a little dramatic. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I think it is interesting. Like, it's definitely a, an interesting song to discuss, um, regardless on <laughs> what what the experience is of, of playing and performing it. Um, but it, yeah, it, it, it's super interesting. And I'm I'm glad that you did not did not find it too downputting. I know that you don't like the sad songs, but this one, it has a lot of motion in it. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of, you know, energetic stuff going on. And so um, I'm so glad that you were here to talk about it with us today. <laughs> yes, I was pleased. I'm glad that Brian took the hit on the river one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for being here today. I do hope that you'll come back and see us again soon. I hope so as well. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this, like, uh, metaphorical touchback in the timeline like he did in the song we're so um we're very on it so thank you yeah. for having me of course of course if you just can't get enough Vinterreise in your life then you might want to try singing Rookblick with me you can find me on youtube as mandy madrid sikich click on the Vinterreise playlist and start singing Remember that Follow the Leader can be found in all the usual podcasty places. And please, if you like what you hear, leave a review. It is honestly the best way that you can support the podcast. Follow the Leader is a production of Cincinnati Song Initiative. You can learn more about their network of podcasts at cincinnatisonginitiative.org forward slash podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at LeaderNerd. That's at L-I-E-D-E-R-N-E-R-D. See you later, nerds! Und mir der Tag in die Gedanken möchte ich noch einmal rückwärts sehen. Möchte ich zurück wieder wanken, vor ihrem Hause stille stehen. Könnt mir der Tag in die Gedanken, möchte ich noch einmal rückwärts sehen.
I'm going to put in a little cannon. (laughs) If you love this podcast, then you'll love the Song Cycle podcast, also by Cincinnati Song Initiative. Song Cycle introduces the coolest and awesomest leaders of the song world today and dives into getting to know them and their unique stories, where they think song in the 21st century is headed, and lots of other great topics. If you're looking for your next source of inspiration as you continue on your own musical journey as a song lover, look no further than Song Cycle with me, your host, Sam Martin. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join the conversation.